Good morning, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back to another episode of the Reconnect with Your Teenager podcast with yours truly, Emma G. If you are new to this platform, if you are new to this place, if you are new to me, let me introduce myself super quickly. My name is Emma G and I am a youth empowerment through songwriting coach, helping young people to step into their power, find their voice and recognize that the answers really do live within them as they work to overcome their struggles and stress and turn them into dope songs that will serve them long into the future. Now, I understand and recognize and celebrate the fact that that is one very un well, let's just say different way of approaching the whole youth development sector. So I decided why not talk to other unconventional therapists, coaches, mentors, and counselors from around the world. And today I am joined by none other than the Dr. Brett, all the way from Florida at the moment. <laughs> um, Dr. Brett is a renowned human of all kinds of things. He has experience as a sports coach. He works with teenagers. He does all kinds of psychology and life coaching and entrepreneurial work and executive work. And it's all about taking people's game to the next level. So that was not meant to be a pun, but here we are. Um, how's it going, Dr. Brett? How Ooh, happy Tuesday. You, What's you know, going well on? Said. Taking their game to the next level. Well said. I, I mean, listen, I'm I'm full of dad jokes. One day I will be a great father. Um, <laughs> Unlikely. Uh, you know, yeah. a, a girl can dream. <laughs> But no, I, I, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to speak with you. Your um, your journey, your mission, your vision are you know really um, exciting to me. Given how, as you were saying before we went live, how aligned our missions are when it comes to our approach to youth work. So for those who you know who are listening or watching or watching the replay, please give them a sort of a like. What, what's your four one one? Tell us your your elevator pitch about who. Dr. Brett is. Well, I have a this this character. I, I refer to myself playfully as this character called Dr. Brett. Um, I have a doctorate in psychology, and I do a hybrid of life coaching, business coaching, psychology, and sports psychology. So I'm working mostly with uh, adolescent athletes, 15 to 25 year olds, and then a lot of entrepreneurs because I'm entrepreneurial in spirit and style, and then the executives that like aren't too in the box so some of these big executives if they are too corporate they're not going to be a fit but if they're willing to sort of mix things up and do life a little bit differently then who knows maybe we are a fit and some of them have been amazingly successful in this process of getting coached by me i love that i love that so let's break it down a little bit yes you please. do sports psychology you do executive coaching you do life coaching for people young and old that yes. is such a wide diaspora of specialties. So yeah. how, how did you get involved in, in this entire world in the first place? Well, I went to Emory University in Atlanta, and I was a double major in economics and psychology. So I love Atlanta. I actually got hired um, as an underwriter coming out of school, and I spent a couple of years in business in New York City. And it just didn't, it felt too empty. You know, I have a business side that I now like utilize to either trade or coach people, but, or to build my own business. Mm -hmm. uh, but 
I really just felt like, you know, I'm wired in this on this planet to make a difference. And so I decided to get a doctorate in psychology in the 90s. And I went out to, to grad school in San Diego and I spent five years in that beautiful paradise. And then I came back and I had a traditional life going all through my 30s as a licensed psychologist in the burbs, Westport, Connecticut, Fairfield County, Connecticut, and a little bit beyond that. And then at 40, I did a spiritual journey that went a little bit haywire. I worked with the wrong spiritual master type, which, you know, didn't turn out to be very good because I wrecked my nervous system and lost my ability to sleep for uh, nearly three months twice. And so the severe beating that I took on this planet is extreme. Um, When you can't sleep for months, uh, I mean, I let no more than 20 minutes to an hour a night for, for, for almost 100 days twice. And the first one I survived by meditating um, six, seven, eight hours a night. And the second one I barely survived. So I understand firsthand, um, you know, a lot of some doctor types don't really understand severe depression or anxiety or a life that gets um, off base or whatever. And so I came back to Connecticut where I'm a licensed psychologist and um, I built the business back in a year. I was suicidally depressed at first um, and it took me years to recover physically and emotionally, but I built a business back in a year by meeting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of strangers for a coffee, which is my metaphor for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and actual coffee. And then I playfully say that one out of 10 of those strangers became a client, friend, or lover. And so I was sort of off to the races in terms of building my life back. Um, but the physical sort of devastation took longer and then some of the emotional issues took a little while to work through. But when I came, you know, when I was coming through it, um, I decided I just didn't want to be full time in Connecticut anymore uh, because I had been <laughs> traveling prior to that. Yeah, exactly. So I moved to Los Angeles for a while and I was a writer as well. Super writing- similar, super yeah. similar place. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was fascinating for a year or two, but then if you're not part of the industry, it's a little tricky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I was writing a giant story. It took me like almost five years to write this huge story that I didn't publish. But I wrote this oh. little ebook in, in the process while my editor had the big story. Now you can use chat GBT and it's like you can edit your own writing. But back then, you know what I mean? Like this process took a while. Um, yeah. So... Um, then I, you know, so I was bi-coastal for a long time, um, LA to Connecticut, and now I'm Florida to Connecticut. I keep coming back and forth, um, and I have a pretty big, broad client base of athletes and entrepreneurs that are all around the country. Some of them are international, um, but some of the commonalities are just, you know, people that are a fit, you know I mean? They like who I am and what I'm about, and they're ready to sort of elevate their game. And, mm. you know, I, I just teach everybody how to train their minds, because if you don't train your mind... Um, it doesn't matter, like I say all the time, how big your house is or how beautiful your girlfriend is it's, or your wife. It's not going to matter. you got to train your mind as well. Yeah. I have so many questions. What a story. Oh, my goodness. Um, first of all, shout out to Connecticut. That was where I had my first ever contract in <laughs> development in the States. I worked at, at in Lakeside, Connecticut for three yeah. months in the woods. And, you know, that was kind of the beginning of, of my journey and and youth work in this country. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated. So one of the things for you that I think is not typical in the, the life coaching space, especially, but also in the, in the psychology space, is you've somehow found a balance between the 
um, spiritual aspect uh, of of coaching, but also the more therapeutic or or clinical, shall we say, um, aspect of coaching um, when it comes to you know empowerment, yes, but also yeah. psychology. Um, that's an interesting line to kind of balance on how you know in, in your journey through your own personal experience but also through the work that you do with other people how are you finding that balance to be in your career yeah it's a beautiful question i really love the question how am i finding that balance between really the spiritual realm in my world is present moment time so there's two aspects of the spirituality from my world view there's the ability to be in the here and now and present. And then there's that sense of interconnectedness that somehow we're all in this thing together. And I've always sort of had that sense that that's possible. I've had many experiences knowing it, but I think there was a deeper sense there. And so when people, if and when people are ready for my kind of guidance, I'm going to teach somebody to be a lot tougher, you know, like have it a lot more courage, be more adventurous, be more creative, um, mix things up, do things differently. But I'm also going to teach you how to come back into the here and now and how to train your mind. So I'm, I'm constantly interweaving the two. But then, you know, if people are ready, we're going to work on their business skills and their communication skills for sure. Um, my core philosophy is basically off the field for on the field and vice versa. Mm. So I was just working with a kid who's a major league prospect um, this morning. He threw a no hitter and, you know, we're, we're getting close to, you know, where he needs to be in life. And a lot of the training we've done is all these things off the field in terms of his ability to stay present, his ability to communicate. Um, his ability to stay clear of, you know, stupid substances and stuff to slow him down and, don't don't make them great. <laughs> what substances <laughs> slow people down? Never. <laughs> so there's this whole world of medicinal weed now, and the truth is, it slows you down. I mean, <laughs> every day is not. You know, it's, you're gonna wake up a little bit. You know, less talented and less motivated. And okay, so <laughs> and less motivated. It's well said, Emma. Yeah, I mean, listen. I you know I've been a musician for my entire life, and I have yeah. lost count of how many, um, you know, musicians and songwriters especially have always told me that, you know, it makes one more creative. I've, I've had, you know, I've been in the, the weightlifting and, and um, you know, Krav Maga world for a long time as well. And they've also argued that, you know, when you get the munchies as a, an after result of of being, you know, intoxicated, inebriated, um, then they, it just makes, you know, it empowers them and encourages them to eat better and get more gains of, like, the, the logic is incredible. <laughs> I Okay, so nonetheless. So we're doing that as well. You know, we're looking at their diet, right? Things that aren't so traditional, right? As a, as a life coach, we look at what they're eating, right? Not just their exercise, right? And their habits, but have food as a habit. So as organization, right? So yeah. we're always working on habits. Yeah. So one of the things that I have found has been like – a really, I don't know, like a difference factor. You, you mentioned the term difference factor before. One of the things that I find a lot of the difference factor coaches and mentors and psychologists and therapists have is that key understanding of how our bodies functions feed into our mindset functions and how our mindset, you know, feeds into our emotional um, 
balance and well-being, and that feeds into our social balance and well-being. Can you talk a little bit about how you have found that in the work that you're doing? Yeah, that's a real, another really good question there. The, the mindset, look, I mean, um, you know, there's a lot made of the Kobe Bryants of the world or whatever that had this incredible mindset, but the truth is a little bit more complicated than that. There are lots of people with amazing mindsets that don't make it to the highest mm -hmm. level. They're just not, you know, they're not talented enough, but they've had amazing mindsets. I've coached a lot of minor league golfers that had what you would call nearly a perfect mindset and didn't, didn't make it. Right. So mindset is definitely a part of the piece, but so mm -hmm. is talent as well. And you kind of need both. Can you develop some of that talent? Yes, you can develop some of it, but some of it is also God given, right? Especially at mm -hmm. the very highest levels, right? Mm -hmm. so it really depends on, you know, who you are and what you're about and what you want to experience and how you want to, you know, go about living, right? Mm -hmm. You know, what kind of partnerships you want. I mean, you know, part of success on this planet is just, you know, the person you choose, you know, your fiance, Mr. Krav Maga. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I choose well. <laughs> yeah, well, so do I. But you know, you're you're like I want to say you're three feet away, but you're five hundred, eight hundred miles away from. Like you know, I had like probably like you know thirty relationships prior to meeting my wife. Right, of I, it definitely took a long time to sort of because I was watching the world in, you know, in Westport, Connecticut, and it didn't seem like a happy world. All these people that were married, that put all this pressure on me to get married or to have two kids at the time and so on. And so it took longer to sort of figure this thing out. Um, but when I was ready to, to um, choose my partner, I was pretty, you know, pretty decisive, right? Mm -hmm. I had so much more awareness. So I try to, even the athletes, I try to slow everybody down. If they're male, females, it's harder with biological clocks, as you know. So maybe they need to arrive at that partnership a little sooner. Um, but most kids in their 20s aren't going to choose a partner for a lifetime. And so mm -hmm. that's part of our process too, is slowing people down, teaching them to be more present, and then to communicate so straight up and so straightforward that you're weeding out faster. I got three new business calls today. One of them is going to be a client. The other two are not because I'm so freaking straightforward that I'm not for everybody. Yeah. Right? I use yeah. that word, not the freaking word. Like, <laughs> <it doesn't> <laughs> my, my, my PG version of it is if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Like, yeah, and that's right. everything in life, you know? Yeah. I, I, I love that. So you're okay. Well, I, again, I want to kind of take a step back a little bit because sure. as a sports psychology coach yeah. and life coach, yeah. you're, you know, you're working with a lot of young people who, you know, excel in a variety of different fields that you may or may not be professional at, for example, um, you know, similar to like, when I'm working yeah, with my like songwriting or something, I really, right, you know, right. I rode once or twice and my back cramped up. Okay. Okay. And I, I have a lot of hip hop clients um, yeah. who, you know, and I'm like, and I, don't, I don't rap at all. The G does not stand for gangster. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> okay, I'm, you know, look, there's certain sports I'm not doing. I'm, I never grew up playing hockey. We grew up playing baseball. I say we, I'm an identical twin. Oh, okay. Right. 
So I say we a lot, and that means just from the way I was raised. But the sure. mental game is similar in almost every sport, training the mind. Right you know, I'm part. teaching everybody meditation, mindfulness, visualization, breath work, positive self-talk, and then what I call relatively advanced communication skills. If they were taught in third grade, they wouldn't be that advanced. But most parents aren't great communicators because they don't work at it enough. And then most kids don't learn it in school. The teachers aren't necessarily equipped to teach them how to be great communicators either. So <laughs> when, when I get a hold of them, yeah, I know you know this. When I get a hold of them, I am freaking tenacious about yeah. teaching these kids how to communicate better. And that's a big part of our coaching. Just, you know, you're using music and I'm using like energy, you know I mean? Mm -hmm. the, you know, and I'm giving people lots of homework, lots of different exercises to train their mind, but this is courage. You know, when you have the power to bring something up with a parent, with a coach, with a sibling, you know, or with a girlfriend or boyfriend, you know, you're working on your courage. A lot of people hold shit in or then, and then explode as you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that I, um, you know, it, you kind of take it for granted to a point, right? Um, but, you know, having grown up in New Zealand myself and now teaching, you know, contract to contract in different schools here in, in the States, it's fascinating to me how, because you, you talk a little bit about like we don't teach our kids how to communicate, but the thing that well, fascinates me the most. Well, for sure. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. You're, thank you. Thank you for the clarification. Yeah. But it's changed communication has changed you talked about chat gpt that has changed the game when it comes to how we communicate when we talk about snapchat when we talk about um tiktok being a, a totally new communication tool how do you navigate that space when it comes well, that, to you know, another coaching? big question i mean look with all the kids i coach you know some of them are younger than 14 or 15 but i okay. specialize more in like you know later adolescence just because it's a little more fun a little more stimulating for me sure. you know but occasionally i get the eight nine ten eleven year olds whatever but you know we're always working especially in adolescence around taking social media breaks and not, you know, being too addicted to your phone. Right. And that is a part of our conversation. It's like weed, porn, alcohol, chocolate. It's another addiction. Hey, hey, yes. no need to bring chocolate into this. Okay. Like, <laughs> the, like, the, the, like less sugar chocolates. Or whatever. <laughs> the 80% cacao. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> Totally, the ones that provide the right chemical, like yeah. mix up or whatever. But yeah, you know I'm getting that. So, like that's part of our conversation. You know, if you're that's part of habits, right? If you're you know dicking around on your iPhone, like you know, I mean, all day long on, on Instagram and chat and whatever it is, and YouTube and Twitter and so on. Mm -hmm. And for you know, it's it's TikTok, right? Um, you know, you're getting addicted to short-term stimulation and novel stimulation in a way that's messing with your neurochemistry. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's reinforcing ADD as if there isn't enough of it in our culture. Right. right. And what right. I'm doing is the opposite. I'm teaching people how to like slow down. I, I teach everybody to eat with their non-dominant hand. Oh, right. so yeah. So are you a righty, Emma? What are I you? I am. I'm actually yeah. relatively ambidextrous. Yeah, I think like a left-handed person. Perfect. So, yeah, exactly. So I'm, <laughs> I, if you weren't ambidextrous, I'd be, you know, teaching you to eat lefty, right? Yeah, Why would you do that? Because it slows you down, gets you more present, and teaches mm. you more. What's the basis of poise? Being more present, right? Yeah. And being more patient, right? So, and then if you, if you're, you know, you're a creative type, so you probably mix things up, but a lot of people are fucking boring, right? So they don't mix things <laughs> up. 
So I'm Facts. Always, <laughs> I'm getting people to like, you know, look, I ran a full business five years ago from Beijing and Bangkok. Now, I don't recommend people running a business from Beijing. It was ridiculously difficult, right? But that's a lot of flexibility, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm not just teaching flexibility. I freaking live it, right? So, mm. and they know this from my energy field, right? You know what I mean? I'm teaching these kids to do things that they're, you know, school systems and environments aren't teaching them to do. We got to mix it up, do it differently. Go have dinner by yourself. Like, you know, some of these kids have never traveled by themselves, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Kids come, you know, and, and spend a couple of days with us if the parents are cool with it. And we show them the whole experience of living that's way out of the box for what they're used to. Yeah. It's freaking cool. It's just the ocean, fishing, golf, right? I mean, just, you know, a little deeper conversation, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So, I want to go back to the TikTok thing because yeah. I feel like we can totally, I'm totally picking up what you're putting down, but I, I, you, you mentioned something about um, like getting lost in the source when it comes to um, social media in particular. And I know that that's a huge um, sort of sore spot for a lot of parents and educators, let's be real. Um, but one of the, one of the, uh, conversations I was actually having with one of the teaching faculty that I'm working with at the moment is around um, the obsession of not just the attention grabby thing, but also the, about the need for validation. We seem to be raising a generation that is um, just, sorry, what was that? Soft. Soft. Okay. So that that's one way of putting it. I, I feel like they're more often than not just craving to be heard yeah. and craving to be seen because we live in a, in a generation now that is raising people that you know their entire identities are rooted in how many likes they're getting back in the day it was who could win the brawl in the playground or who could you know whatever get the best grades but um and, and to be fair historically parents have spent more time with their children at home um, whereas now we're, you know, we're very busy. So how how are you sort of navigating like that space when it comes to young people recognizing and validating themselves and recognizing yeah. their their dopeness without having to necessarily rely on Instagram likes and TikTok uh, followers? Yeah, no, this is super solid. Again, um, you know, this is a big part of a personal growth journey in general, right, is getting more comfortable in your own skin. And part of that is training your mind not to compare. And part of that mm -hmm. is your habits. So if you're, you know, over flooding yourself with social media, you're being addicted to comparing and that's a problem. So that's so part of the reason why we're pulling back from some of that and doing more real life connecting is so you give yourself a freaking chance here. Otherwise, you know, if you're flooding yourself with constant comparisons, yeah. it's going to be hard to train your mind. You know, a lot of these kids say they can't meditate. Then I laugh. I'm like, that's the point of meditation is to train your mind. Like, I'm like, right. One of the things I say playfully all the time, because I get a new athlete on the phone. A lot of times they're a genetic specimen. Right. And the one thing my twin brother and I didn't have is size. You know, we were super athletic, but we had no size. So there's nowhere to go with it. Right. And these, some of these kids I coach have got all the size in the world, right? They're, they're big, strong, fast. They're D1s. They're pros, right? And I get on the phone with them and I'm like, how much time a day do you train your body? And they're going to be, you know, the answer is roughly four or five hours a day. And I'm like, 
I know the answer to this question. I almost always ask it. And how much time a day do you train your mind? And we're lucky if we get four or five minutes again, right? Yeah. Four or five minutes if we're lucky. So I'm, I'm always working on helping them balance it out. I mean, this kid that threw the no hitter, he did 11 minutes of Wim Hof and 18 minutes of meditation before his outing. Right. And he's ADD, you know, diagnosed all this, all this crap as an adolescent. Right. It's, and some of it's real and some of it is crap, meaning like some diagnoses aren't accurate and some are very obviously very necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of kids are in stimulants and that's a whole nother conversation. And, and you know, I... that's a good conversation. <laughs> yeah. but the point is, though, all these kids that say they can't meditate or adults that say it's not true. It just is hard work in the beginning. Anything yeah. you do in the beginning, like that has to do with being still and being. The other thing that I say playfully is like, I have a driven side. I have a playful side. I have a silly side, right? I have a bohemian side, but I, but I also have a Greek side. That's my metaphor for like, just sipping freaking coffee and not <laughs> wanting to do anything. You know, we're not, right? I pay my taxes, by the way. I know they don't get their taxes there, but just being playful around Greece. I don't know what I'm like. <laughs> Wait, wait, I call that my, my Fijian side. I feel you. <laughs> yeah, I like, to be, I like to be, right? I like to be, right? There's a, And so there's not enough of that being, too. Yeah. You know, with parents, I'm always getting the parents. You know, some of the executives I coach, they've got teenage kids, and I'm teaching them to do no agenda time. Nowhere to go, Ooh. nothing to accomplish. Yes, no agenda. So when they go, because they're always locked into an agenda with their kids, their grades or their sports. Right. And so what I teach the parents to do is go spend time with your kids every week, an hour or two, whatever it is. And you have no agenda. That's really that's a lot of homework for a parent. No agenda. Like you're not trying to accomplish anything. It's all about letting that go. It's all about literally nowhere to go, nothing to accomplish, nothing to achieve, which, by the way, is intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. Culture doesn't teach intimacy. See? One of I love that because when I, when I'm teaching, um, whether it's one-on-one coaching or when it, whether it's in the classroom setting, I'm very big on student-driven learning. So mm-hmm. um, you know, and often you know, every teacher's like, "Where's your lesson plans?" I'm like, my plan is for the kids to be human beings, not human doings, and to celebrate their beingness and channel yeah. that in a yeah, way that's creative and, you know, it's, I, I love and respect. And that's absolutely so lovely. Much. And that's a great way of putting it just to yeah. being this. And there's just too much emphasis, like you said, on doing and on achieving. And, you know, look, these kids that go to top schools, like, you know, the Ivies and so on and the second tier, mm-hmm. most of the males, you know, what do they want to do? They want to be hedge fund investment bankers, right? Like, mm-hmm like, or consultants or something, it's all about the money. And they're, you know, it's fine. You'll get your big house and you'll get your pretty woman, but where are you going to be at 40? Most of them are pretty unhappy. I've coached thousands of people. It's a little bit, you know, it's a little more complicated than that, really. Right. You want to actually reflect a little bit deeper. So I'm getting these kids to reflect deeper, you know, if, and when they're ready. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that. It's such powerful work, work. And the fact that you are teaching and coaching people from young, you know, 13, 14, up until adulthood, you must have seen a huge plethora of just growth moments, but also kind of stagnant, you know, trying to unlearn habits, right? Yeah, well, the the thing I say all the time, again, playfully, but there's a lot of truth in it, is the adults are a little more stimulating the coach because their lives are more complicated, but they're pretty Mm -hmm. dug in. Exactly. Kids, like, 
aren't as stimulating, but man, is it fun because they're willing to, you know, go live in Europe or Asia. I coach everybody to go live internationally if possible. I because mean, once you're out of the United <laughs> States, is that? That's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, went to <laughs> Vietnam, came to America. There you go. My, you know, <laughs> right? My, I can speak a little Thai because my wife is Thai. Right. I lived, I lived in Bangkok once, right? So, yeah. like, you know, that international experience, when, as you know, right? I, now I know you know, which makes mm -hmm. sense why you're so likable, right? Because you're clued in here. <laughs> Well, you are you're you're clued into there are different ways of living and and as a musician you know that too artists uh, have a little more creativity that way a little more freedom yeah but a lot of these kids that are going to go into finance they're not exploring at all and i understand if you're the 10 or 20 percent where that's your thing because like 10 or, look i have this theory that if you have a million lawyers in the United States, it used to be 700,000, there's probably a million now, right? 10% love it, 20% like it, the other 70% are freaking miserable and that's yeah. 700,000 attorneys. And that goes for doctors, that goes for investment bankers, it goes for most professions. They're really not exploring enough when they're young, they're just going into what they perceive to be the most money, power, status, or whatever it is, or whatever, or following safety and security, whatever, your dad was an orthodontist, maybe say it. Right, right, right. As right. To having the courage to, you know, maybe not make as much money or bartend for a while. One of the kids I'm coaching right now, he's writing music and he's DJing and 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 he's bartending, and he's coming out of a business school, a top business school. But I've been coaching him for four years, and that guy is happier than all his friends that are doing corporate jobs, making decent money, I guess, but they're drinking on the weekends and they're yeah. all miserable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he's doing life his way. And by the way, his bartending, he makes 1500 bucks a week in six to eight hour shifts. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why, like, I, I'm so, I'm so big on like the message of don't let the world write your song. We're so conditioned to fit into the box that society places us in that we forget to, you know, for yourself, you have the Greek side, you have the, the Buddhist well, side, you have the, you know, whatever we like have. It so many sides to us and yet we we're still so convinced that we, we right, need but, to fit but into someone's it. developing those sides right you're developing those sides in the mm -hmm. kids that you guide That's i'm true. developing those other sides without someone actively developing them it's very difficult because the programming will take them to whatever it is that they're conditioned Absolutely. to Absolutely. And that's why living outside the U.S., it throws that conditioning right in your face, how yeah. limited your conditioning is. Really yeah. does. Yeah. Because people are far happier elsewhere mm -hmm. with so much less. Mm -hmm. I spent half my life growing up in Fiji and oh. uh, totally different world. Totally different world. I want to, there's one other thing that I want to pick on before we sort of wrap things up. And you know, we've, funny. sorry. <laughs> Pick on is a funny expression. Well, you know, pick on because I just I'm so no, no, no. fascinated by this. Um, you know, your your work, especially for teenagers that are transitioning into these Ivy League schools, um, into you know their their tertiary education and just adulthood in general, have so much pressure on them, especially post pandemic. If I can say we're post pandemic, uh, I'm I'm curious to know if there are any kind of tips, tricks, or mindfulness strategies that you can um, recommend that they, that the parents specifically can use with their kids, maybe as a bonding, um, you know, exercise or just for the kids themselves to, um, to, you know, to allow themselves permission 
to exist as opposed to constantly achieve? Yeah, well, that one's going to be a tricky one, depending on what kind of environment, how competitive the environment you're coming from is, That's true. right? And how open your mind is and who your parents are. So it's a tricky one. So that's complicated. It's an individual thing, you know, um, you know, in general. But sure. spe specifically, that's the importance of, you know, even girls. I'm always like, you know, more careful because. I playfully say you just got to stay away from serial killers, but being able to have dinner by yourself, all these kids, they, they don't have experiences by themselves in their own energy, in their own skin. So I'm always coaching everybody to be able to do things solo occasionally, like go mm -hmm. have a drink at a bar if they're, you know what I mean? If they're old enough or whatever it is, mm -hmm. or, yeah. you know, order Cup a burger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a cup of tea yeah. or a coffee. Yeah, go, go grab a coffee. One of the kids, um, some of the kids like in high school, if they're not into coffee, I have them do, you know, 10 different slices of pizza in 10 different pizza restaurants in their whole Ooh. area. Yeah, it's pretty cool because okay. then, well, then they can do a date and they're a pro. Like, you know what I mean? They've been to 10 different pizza places. They know where to take the girl for the best pizza, right? So. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And so um, inquire. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So mixing it up is huge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I love that. Inquirer Rachel says, uh, go to the movies alone. I am a huge person yes. about that. Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, go yeah. to the movies alone. I've I've learned to love these things, and what these kids don't—they've never done it. It's like, yeah, you know, when they when when some of the kids come and visit, they've never been on a plane alone. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's unbelievable. So they're just having experiences solo can really help you build that healthy self-esteem and get comfortable in your own energy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that so much. I, I, I go on me dates all the time, um, much to the much to the bemusement of my fiance. He doesn't quite <laughs> understand it. And I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm going to take me out because whatever, you're busy or you're boring me today. Um, but the, the, you're right. It, it starts it starts and ends with yourself. You know, if you don't love yourself, you cannot give love. Um, you need to make sure that your own cup is full all the time. And I'm so excited that you're doing that kind of coaching through, you know, through sports, through um, mental awareness and, and mental health awareness and breathing and mindfulness. I just, I love your work so much. Um, for those of those that are watching, um, how can people get in touch with you? Um, you know, we have the Beacons AI, Dr. Brett's Journey. So all my social media is there, Dr. Brett's Journey. Um, and then drbrettdenkin.com is my main, main website. DrBrettsJourney.com is also another website that we have. Um, we also ran a podcast for a year. Um, we have a lot of video, a lot of content. Um, I have a, a ebook that I wrote, Conversations with Dr. Brett, about a young woman that I met at a coffee shop, and I started teaching her and mentoring her around healthier relationships. So it's all about communication skills training through also training your mind as well. Uh, so there's just a lot of different ways to reach me. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Dr. Brett, for your time. Of course, if you are listening to the replay, please check him out, Dr. Brett Denkin on Facebook, Dr. Brett's Journey on Instagram, Dr. Brett Denkin on Twitter, uh, company Dr. Brett on uh, LinkedIn, and of course, the actual website, drbrettdenkin.com. That's doctor as in D-R, not as in D-O-C. 
T-O-R. Uh, but thank you guys so much for tuning in for yet another episode of the Reconnect Through Teenager podcast. My name is Emma G and I am here to tell you that you are amazing. You're powerful beyond measure. You have all of the answers in you. You just got to be brave enough to write your song. Don't let the world write it for you. Until next time, guys, be good, be kind, and I'll see you next time. Until next time, guys. Be good, be kind, until next time, guys. 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 Until next so hard to stay sober I'm damaged and I'm love stone So hard to remain in control Rewriting what I thought I'd know And I'm drinking it in But the lesson ain't no better And I can almost pinpoint where we went wrong I'm not about the sad songs The foundation said I'm good to go My destiny, when it's bright as light, the evergreen knows it. I left behind the what if. I broke up with the negative. I'm flirting with abundance, and I'm drinking it in. My purpose is magic. And I can almost pinpoint where my love began. I'm so glad that I know who I am. Cause I'm a woman, I'm not a man. Whoa. Love wins. I'm living proof that love wins.